Good morning, everyone. So today we wrap up our uh, final mass of uh, kind of stewardship of generosity. And if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's homily online. Money should not be something that we see as separate from our life as Christians. It's one aspect of our life. It's not the biggest, but it's an important one. And last week we talked all about how money relates to theology. And I want to spend just one more minute on that this week and just kind of re refresh you on that. And that's really the heart of the matter. And then we'll do a few just practical things uh, and we'll be done in about two hours. So <laughs> I want you to think about, have you ever had a time when someone gave you a gift that was just over the top? I don't think we know how to receive very well in our culture. And you guys do this to me. You're so kind to me. Like, Father Brian, that was a great homily. And I don't receive too well. And a lot of us don't receive well. When I came to Lourdes, uh, these two or three, uh, actually I think it was three widows in my parish, they chipped in and they bought me this beautiful cassock. The cassock is the robe that makes me look like Neo from The Matrix. But I had a cassock before that. Well, at least the church did. But they, they're expensive. And these three widows chipped in from my last parish and bought me this gorgeous cassock. And it was awesome. But I didn't know how to receive. And I just immediately felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't get anything for them. Like, this is terrible. And you end up feeling almost bad when someone gives you a gift. We all do this. Uh, Tim Gray down at the Augustine Institute, he'll talk about it casserole debt. I don't know if you've heard him talk about this. I love it. But he'll say, <coughs> you know, that if your family, like somebody comes over and makes you a meal, instead of just being like, oh, this is great. That was so kind. You immediately think, did we have to make them a meal? How nice of a meal was it? I have to make sure that mine's as good as theirs. And you start to build up what's this casserole debt. And as we start today, what I want you to think about is this very, something so simple. God's generosity is not like that. And isn't that good news? God's generosity, brothers and sisters, His goodness to you and to me is not something that's meant to be hanging over our heads. It's not meant to make you feel guilty when God's good to you. It's meant to make you sing for joy something we don't deserve, and something we can never pay back, right? We can never pay God back. We can never look at a gift God gave us and say, oh, I could return that. We can't. So in the, in the New Testament, just two really quick passages I wanted to share with you today. There's the first one is Romans 13, 8. And Paul says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. That's what God's gifts are about. God doesn't want you to have this, oh my gosh, God did this for me, now I have to, you know, I don't know, make a vow and maybe I'll be Father Brian's assistant. Somebody should, that would be awesome. But that's not what God wants from you, right? What does God want from you? He wants your heart. The one debt that we're supposed to have in our life 
the debt of love. And today, if, if you get nothing else from today's homily, we'll talk about money, but the biggest thing I want you to get today is so many of us, we don't actually receive the unbelievable generosity of God into our lives. And before we do anything in response, the first thing we have to do is we have to receive that. One more passage. When I'm just kind of down on life, and you all know I'm a melancholic, so it happens a lot. And I'm like, oh, there's never going to be sunshine. And I was walking to the Mass at the last Mass this morning, and I was just kind of stressed out, a lot going on. And um, people were talking to me going in, and I just like locked up here in my head. And someone was like, are you stressed? And I'm like, no, I'm not stressed. <laughs> like, I'm just not happy. Anyway, so when I get down, though, on life, I'm like, this is one of the passages I go to. And so I think you should go home today, look up Ephesians chapter 1, and let the love of God just pour over you. So Ephesians 1. Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Now think about that. God didn't, Paul doesn't say God gave us a really great blessing. Paul says, in Jesus Christ, God gave you every spiritual blessing. Every single one he gave to you in Christ. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Do you ever have, you know, back in the days, I'm, I'm getting, it's a long time now, but you know how sometimes when you have a crush on someone and it's so big that you think you'd make them uncomfortable if they knew how much you like them, right? I'm not allowed to be that way anymore. But, <laughs> but listen to that passage. Did you hear that? God says, St. Paul says to us, that God knew you before he created light. Before he created the world, he knew you. And he loved you. And he chose you before any of that happened. That is so powerful. That's such a love. That's such a deep love. I don't even know what to do with that. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us that we should be holy and blameless before him. He destined us in love to be his sons through Jesus Christ. Right before time began, God loved you so much that he said he knew he would send his son to make you a son or a daughter. Amazing. He destined us in love to be his sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Do you hear that? He poured out his grace freely, right? This is not this debt. God's gift to us is not something that's meant to hang over our heads. 
It's something that's meant to set you free. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. And listen to this. Paul's joy, when I read Ephesians 1, you can feel it leaping off the page. It's this joy and love in his heart that's just uncontainable. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. I love that line. He lavished his grace on us. He didn't count the cost. He didn't measure it out in a small way. He poured it out abundantly. Here's the coolest thing about this passage. We go on and on. Here's a bonus for you. I didn't say this at the 845. 11 o'clock homilies usually like a little bit better. It's a good choice. Here's, here's the one thing that I forgot to mention last homily. Ephesians is written when Paul's in prison. How powerful is that? This is written about the year 62 AD. Paul's about to be martyred in Rome, and he knows it. And he's in chains in a prison and cell in Rome when he writes to Ephesus. And he is so filled with joy and love that it leaps off the page. That's the gospel. <laughs> That's the gospel of our salvation. And so if you get nothing else today, that's what I want you to get. I'm convinced, right, that when you get that, when you understand that, when you know that this is not a nice story, but this is all true, when you get that, everything changes, and I won't have to tell any of you to be generous, because you'll do it naturally. Right? When someone loves you with a love that way, and they love you in an unconditional way that they don't really expect anything in return, you can't help but love in a generous way back. And so the most important thing for any of us, myself included, is to really drink from that fount to the dregs, to drink it all the way to the bottom, to know the way that we're loved. Amazing stuff. And I always, I don't know about you, but I think I do, because I'm arrogant. But in my life, as a priest, I know I have this fear, and I know it's not true. Like, I know up here it's not true, but I still feel it. And I have this feeling in my life that at some point God's goodness to me is going gonna, is gonna to stop. It's going to run dry. And there's this fear inside of me that God's going to say, well, Brian, this is the 4,000th time I've asked you to change. Growing a little tired up here. It's not true. It's not true. God's love for us, right, is infinite. It never runs out. He never grows tired of loving you. He never grows weary of forgiving you. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Even as he chose us from the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him.
Thank God. That's the good news. And brothers and sisters, here's a simple point. We made this last week. When we today we have to talk about money, and money is not something separate from that. It's just a part of our life as Christians. And when you know you've been loved that way, the love of God touches every corner of your life, every single little thought. It touches your past. It touches your future. It touches your today. It touches your fears. It touches your hopes. It touches your insecurities. And when you know you're loved that way, there's a freedom that God wants to put into your life that you can surrender your life to him. And our finances are just a part of that. They just are. So today, one more thing I want to share with you before we do just a couple practicals. Why do we do this? Every year in October, we spend two weekends talking about finances. The reason we do this is, number one, because it's part of the Christian life. Right? And the other thing is I want you to be intentional. The whole world, right, the whole world tells us the opposite message of the Christian faith. And repetition's the mother of learning. If you say something enough times, you'll believe it. It's like when you drive. Have you ever been driving somewhere and you, you're not paying attention and you drive to the wrong place because you're so used to going home? And you're like, oh, wait, I was going to this person's house. Repetition takes over. creates a habit. The world tells you and I, do you want to be happy? Get more stuff. Be more selfish. Be more secure. Make life about you. Be narcissistic. Be selfish. And once you are, then you'll be happier. And you may think, well, I never think that. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> I certainly do. Every advertisement tells us this. The songs we listen to on the radio tell us this. The people at work, right? You look around at work or church, and you're like, man, everyone's perfect. They must be happy. You look at other people's houses about how perfect their yards are, and you think, I would be happy if I just had that. I do it too. I'm like, Lord, if I just had that full head of hair. No. But we think that way, and here's, here's why this is so important, is that you cannot break that habit unless you choose to. You cannot break that habit unless you choose to. The natural course all of us follow, myself included, is to make ourselves the center. And those in this world who are generous are generous because they chose to be. And the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us, brothers and sisters, that the way to happiness is not to look out for yourself. It's not to look out for your own good. It's to pour your life out. And that's not normal for us. It's not normal for me. It's not normal for you. Right? Seven times in the gospel, Jesus says, the one who seeks his own life will lose it, but the one who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's the paradox of the gospel. Do you want to find heaven? The way you find heaven is at the cross. Do you want to, do you want to have something amazing in life? 
right? Jesus has become small. In our gospel today, Jesus says, talks about the camel going through the eye of a needle. The eye of a needle in ancient cities, you had a main gate, big gate. And next door, there would be a small door that they would keep open after the main gate shut. In Jerusalem, it's called the eye of the needle. And a camel can fit through there, but not if it has anything on its back. My life, I always think my mom got me this thing on my table. It's sitting there, and it says, I'm kind of a big deal. It's true. It's a rumor on the street. What God says, do you want to find heaven? Do you want to find life? Do you want to find joy? Become small. Become humble. Seek lowliness. This is one way to do it. There's other ways to do it. Finances are one part of it. So is your prayer time. Right? So is your love of the poor. Right? There are a thousand different ways that God calls us to exercise this, but money is one of the important ones. And so what I want you to do this weekend is to be intentional about that. Because if you're not intentional, right, like I said last week, if you want an excuse not to be generous, I promise you you'll find one. There's always a reason not to be generous. There's always a reason not to wake up earlier and pray. There's always a reason not to love the poor. There's always a reason not to surrender your life. But once we know the love of God, how could we do anything but surrender our life? Jesus, once you've surrendered your life for me, and I know that, not just up here, but I know it to the depths of my being, Lord, how could I do anything but surrender my life? Okay, a couple practicals today. So I've had people ask me questions. Say, Father Brian, we just want to know a few things. I'm asking you today to think about the next year, 2019, and to be intentional. Look at your budget. Look at your finances. It's good for you anyways. It'll help you spend your money more wisely. Okay, so, fa- so a couple people asked me, Father Brian, where does the money go? So here's just a couple highlights. Our budget this past year as a parish was $1.1 million. Our payroll expense was 490000 which is our largest expense in our parish. After that, the biggest ones, we have money going to the capital campaign. We've taken a specific amount of our money and we've said we're going to Donate this to making our church become beautiful and be what it should be. Building upkeep, right? We have we had a huge roof expense this year. Uh, most of that was paid for by insurance, but there was some that wasn't. Our parish tithe last year was three percent. It's going to be five percent this year. A couple of things we support with our parish tithe: we support Catholic charities. We supported Christ in the city. We have supported. Um, cross-Catholic outreach, which helps those who are in poor countries and with disaster relief. We've supported different evangelization initiatives like Creatio. We help things that are either going to help the poor or things that are going to spread the faith. People have asked, okay, so Father Brian, how much, I'm worried about the scandal. Where does my money go? Is there money going to the Vatican or to the bishops? Last year with our $1.1 million uh, budget, we sent $824 to Rome. 
basically nothing. For the charities at the USCCB, uh, recommends we sent, spent $2,200. We spent $30,000 on local charities to help the poor and spread the faith. There is an archdiocesan tax. People ask, what about the diocese? Where does that go? Really quick. We have a 4% tax that goes out of our parish that goes directly to Catholic schools. So it goes to support all the Catholic schools in our diocese, which is really important. And then the second thing is we have a 7% tax that supports the operations at the archdiocese. That includes Samaritan House and Catholic Charities, which support the poor. It supports women's single mother's home. It also supports administrative things. So at the archdiocese, there's an HR department. There's a real estate department. There's canon law that helps with annulments. There's, there's 20 offices up there. So total, we have a 7% fee that goes to this diocese, a 4% fee that goes to schools. If you have more questions about that, email me, call me, come see me. I will happily sit down with you. We are transparent. I will show you where all the money goes. I might have to call our business manager because she knows much better than I do. Okay, we're almost done. Here's where I want to challenge you. Our Lady of Lords has 1,123 registered households. 1,123. Of those 1,123, as far as we can tell, 425 of them give to our offertory. That's 37.8% of people who, and this isn't even people who go to Lords, these are people who have registered. They've said, yep, this is my parish, Our Lady of Lords is where my home is for my faith. 37.8% of people give anything. If you're in this category, brothers and sisters, you got to change. If you're in a really desperate situation, that's another story. If you're in a really desperate situation, we need to get to a place as a parish where actually we take care of you because we're family. But I don't think over 60% of you are in that category. If you think, brothers and sisters, if you're not giving my guest, if you're in that category that you never give, my biggest guess, and I don't know, but my biggest guess is you haven't actually understood what you've received from God. Is you actually don't get it. And my biggest encouragement to you, if you're in that category, you need to do some long prayer, and you just need to realize the unbelievable gift that God gave you in his son. And when you get that, right, we can't, when you know how deeply you're loved, you can't help but be generous. It's not always easy, but you just can't help it. Because you know that he gave you everything. If you're someone who doesn't give intentionally yet, I want to help you be intentional. Don't put God last. Don't pay your electric bill and your car payment and your house payment and your, you know, expenses for eating out and going to movies. And then if anything's left over, maybe I'll give to God. That's backwards. God comes first. And I challenge you, make this year the year, not next year. Make this year the year you say, this is tough for us, but we're going to be intentional. We're going to put God first in our budget. In those, those households, we have... 698 households that don't give. I did a little bit of math on that. 
my parish tithe, so I make, I think I make 27000 a year. I'm not good with, I never look at my salary, but I think it's right about 27000 If you make 20, what is it? If you make $24,000 a year, your tithe, if you did a tithe, it would be about $50 a week, a full 10%. If we had half of those households give $50 a week, half of them, that would be $210,000 that would come to Our Lady of Lourdes. And a lot of people think my money can't make any difference. Oh, yes, it can. More importantly, it's about your faith, but it makes a big difference. Our, st- our staff is incredible, but I'll be honest with you, they're stretched real thin. They work their tails off because they believe in this place. If I had my way, we would hire two new staff members tomorrow. I need your help with this. Sign up for something that matters. Be intentional. Don't put God last. Right? Put your faith first. Make an intentional step towards that. You might not be there yet at 10%. I understand. I get it. Can you take a step towards that? Right? If you're at 3%, maybe this year you go to 5%. That's what the parish did this year. But brothers and sisters, so today, right? If you're not ready, I encourage you to take that card home, pray about it, think about it, mail it back to the office. If you brought it today, thank you for being intentional. Thank you for all your generosity. I know you've already done. Thank you. But now let's take a look at that card. If everybody pulls out that card, let's pray this prayer together. On that back side, there's that prayer that begins with Heavenly Father. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we ask for the grace of Christian stewardship to follow Jesus Christ. Grant us a spirit of prayer as we live out our faith. Help us to increase our participation in building your kingdom at Our Lady of Lords. Teach us to practice generosity with the gifts you have given us. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us. So while you have that out, help me fill this out really quick. You might not be ready, but give me at least your information. This helps us update our registrations. It helps us to make sure that we have your right address. So if you fill that left-hand side of the front half of the card out, you can mark, I'm already a parishioner. You would say, I'd like to register as a parishioner. And again, you find life by giving it away. On that right-hand side, we've got, you can look at, this is what we did this past year. Here's what we want to do starting in January of 2019. You can do weekly, monthly, you can do annually. The signature on there, this is not a contract, right? I'm not going to come after you. I'm not going to say, oh, you said $50 a week and you did 40. I'm not going to hunt you down. But the reason we do that is it helps you to take this seriously. It helps us if you do online giving. There's a box for that at the bottom. You can do that on our website. But I just encourage you, sign up, be a part of this, think about it, pray about it. But brothers and sisters, so many good things happening here. We had 70 couples in marriage prep this past year who are learning the Catholic teaching on marriage 
in a time when marriage is falling apart in our country. Our gathering at the grottos during the summer, we had almost 2,000 people attend gathering at the grotto this summer. Right? We have 50 Bible studies going in this parish. We have an amazing school. We have so many things. Step up and sign up for something that matters. And so I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward and collect those. And Jesus, we ask you, Lord, actually, we thank you first. Thank you for your generosity, Lord, which is beyond anything any of us can imagine. Lord, help us to know how deeply we're loved. Help us to know the riches of your grace. And Lord, teach us to be like you.